0: Consciousness and Understanding. Channelings from Clyde Trepanier. Volume 1 Continued. Sessions from 1959, October through December. Saturday, October 3rd, 1959. Good evening to you, my friends. It is my pleasure and my joy to be your guest this evening. I should like to extend my thanks, my gratitude to the instrument and his teacher for granting me this opportunity. I should like to also state that I am very much interested. I might say that I am very close to one of you here. I have a particular interest and that is as much as I care to say concerning this at this moment. When I have finished, the instrument will have the answer for you. And now, my friends, I should like for a few minutes to talk to you in regard to your growth, your understanding, and what it might mean to you in times that you are about to encounter. There is not one among you who has, shall we say, more than a small degree of knowledge concerning your abilities, or, shall I say, an understanding of who and what you really are. You see, my friends, each of you, if you could but realize the fact, are potential gods in yourselves. As man aspires to higher knowledge, he begins to get a realization of what he is. Is it possible, my friends, that each of us someday might reach a stage in our growth Where we would have the understanding, knowledge, and wisdom that we now think of as being held by the gods? Does this sound inconceivable to you, my friends? Or can you conceive of this? Man can be anything that he can conceive of being. Created within man was a desire, or rather, an ability to desire. When man exercises this ability, the law reacts. So you see, my friends, there might be two ways of looking at this. If you are to desire something, it would be wise for you to be sure that that which you desire is for your good, will bring you good. Man does not always weigh that which he desires. He does not put it on the balance. This we should do if we would have wisdom and understanding. View it from both sides, my friends, before you let your desires reach forth. Man is moving on a continual spiral that takes him ever onward and upward. Occasionally he may slip in a backward direction, but this can be only temporary, for the nature of man is to know himself and man shall never know his Creator until he knows his own being. So I say to you, my friends, reach out. Reach out far into the cosmos and gather understanding. Learn the ways and the laws of nature and then live by them. For as man learns to know the law and live by it, he finds that life has taken on an entirely new aspect. He sees through different eyes. He hears through different ears. And the things that he sees and the things that he hears brings him ever new understanding and wisdom. People of Earth, I am afraid, have some terrific shocks coming to them. They are going to find that a great many of the concepts which they have been taught and which they have accepted as truth Are not truth at all. This is going to come as a terrific shock to some, yes, a great many earth people, and especially to some of your religious leaders. But sooner or later, man must know the truth, for only by him knowing the truth can he be freed. And earth man has been held in bondage long enough. The chain must be broken. And those of you who are accepting and searching for truth shall play a great part in removing the shackles from planet Earth and its people. The shock may be too great for some of the people of Earth, but, be that as it may, the truth must be known. So I say to each of you, keep your hearts and your minds open and receptive, that you might receive understanding and wisdom. The man who carries a closed mind has little chance of becoming wise. He has little chance of raising his consciousness. He shall fall far behind. To have an open mind does not require you to accept anything that does not seem right to you. But there is a great difference, my friends, in accepting a truth as truth or being able if it doesn't appeal to you. To lay it aside until such a time as you can filter it through your consciousness. For we find that many times an experience does not appeal to us, or something that comes to us by word of mouth or by writings does not fit in, so to speak, with what we presently know as truth. But of times we find that these things, if they are laid aside, can be picked up later and be put into the picture perfectly. You see, my friends, there is where a closed mind prevents us from learning truth. For when we have rejected it completely, we have lost it for a great time to come. This is a mistake we should not make, for often it is costly. As I observe those of you here tonight. I am sure that each of you are interested in bringing yourselves into a higher state of consciousness. Each of you desire this in a different degree, yet each is seeking in his or her own way, and each shall receive according to his or her own efforts. No one is going to bring this to you without your effort, but this I must say, that each shall be aided according to their own efforts. So you see, my friends, the major part of our growth is up to each of us individually, and each shall receive proportionally. There is so much for all of us to learn. We do not make any claim of having the ultimate in truth. We must realize that truth is moving ever onward before us, and the ultimate, I know not. But this I know, that every step forward that I have taken has brought me greater happiness, greater understanding, and has been each much more glorious than the last. Therefore, I shall attempt to climb ever higher on this spiral of knowledge, For I find the more I have learned of science, of nature, the more understanding I have of my Creator. For you see, my friends, we do not separate one from the other. Earth-man has always attempted to separate. You have your philosophers, your scientists, and whatnot, and each must be both or all if we are to have truth. All things that exist came from the one and only Source, no matter what it might be. This is all a part of the whole, therefore we cannot separate. The sooner man of Earth can realize this, the sooner he shall begin to understand creation. Now my friends, I have been told I have stayed my time with this instrument. Now I must leave you. It has been my pleasure and my joy to spend this time with you. May each of you receive the understanding that you seek, and may each of you in the days to come have the wisdom and understanding to meet the situations that shall arise. So be it. Wednesday, October 7th, 1959 This person standing by you is definitely interested in you. He is your teacher or counterpart. He has been with you and in touch with you all during your life on this planet. He has aided you when the going was rough. He has been by your side. You had more support and help than you realized or were aware of. During the war, you had rough times. He was flying with you. He says he is definitely from the etheric realm, as we term it. He is definitely not from the astral realm around our planet. He says we have complete control over matter. If he so desires. He can manifest a physical body and talk among us. Those in the astral realm are not able to do this. Many of these things are difficult to try to put into words that you can understand, so that it is clear to you. We have tried many times, but the subject is so vast and far-reaching that it is hard for you to understand it without having experienced it. There are many facets to all of it. It is all scientific. The main thing earth people need to do is to raise their consciousness. Become conscious of more of the things that are. As we become conscious of these things, we search in the right path. As we get further into our true area of space or density, the better we will understand. The vibration of this area itself will affect our consciousness and it will be easier for us to understand. The subject of consciousness itself is so vast that it would take volumes to explain about the extensions of consciousness and its various divisions. As we evolve to higher states of understanding, we become more and more aware of consciousness itself and the part it plays in life throughout the universe. For instance, there are beings who are pure consciousness, who have no need of an astral shell or a physical body. These beings can divide and subdivide their consciousness So you can see there is a wide field here in this one particular phase which would require many lifetimes to get a clear understanding. Even we do not have a complete understanding of it. It is very necessary at this time for everyone to be aware and to seek as much knowledge and understanding as possible of all things, because all things tie together The whole universe ties together in at-oneness, each is dependent upon the other, so it is necessary to have an understanding of all things to become well-rounded or evolved. Changes on planet Earth are coming more rapidly as time passes. We can expect the conditions we are experiencing now to increase for some time to come. All things we are experiencing now in our atmosphere are forerunners of greater change that are to come. The greatest thing Earthman has to learn is to live together in understanding. To try to understand his fellow man and to suppress feelings of superiority. There is no nation on this planet who can claim any great superiority over another. Man has to concern himself more with helping those with lesser understanding rather than try to bring about greater achievements for himself. For as he serves his brother, his own understanding will increase automatically. Planet Earth has reached the point where man must learn to live together. It is his only salvation. It is now a must. Either this, or total destruction. You, as many other individuals at this time, feel a greater urge within yourself. You are not entirely aware that this urge or urgency which you feel is the urge for knowledge, for understanding, and the closer we get to the new density, the greater this urge will be. Respond to this, my son. So be it. Monday, October 12th, 1959 May the peace of the Infinite One rest upon the hearts of each of you now. My beloved friends, I greet you in love and peace. What is it, beloved ones, that gnaws at the heart of man, that drives him ever onward, seeking and searching? Within the heart of every man burns this desire. Man does not always know or realize what this desire is, what this urge within him is seeking. And this urge is turned in many directions by various individuals. Some direct it in a search of wealth. Others in the search of pleasure. Others for knowledge. But this, direct it as you may, is the same spark that burns within each of you. It is that inner urge to know the truth, to know more of life. Man does not recognize this spark that drives him onward for what it is. It is something that he must release, but he does not always direct it wisely. In order for man to grow, he must release these energies and use them wisely to bring him knowledge and wisdom and spiritual understanding. Man, if he is to have spiritual understanding, must have understanding and knowledge of many things. Spirituality is not denoted by one who claims to have great knowledge of a great being that rules and controls all things. A truly evolved spiritual being will have great knowledge of all things, for all things are spiritual in nature. The great scientist of the universe must be a spiritual man. He must have great knowledge of the universe about him. He must have an understanding of what causes nature to function as it does. To become a true spiritual being requires eons of time spent in studying and searching for the true answers to nature's function. Earth-man has become so involved in his own small circle of function that he does not see. He does not see the things that are taking place before his very eyes. While Earth-man is endangering the population of his planet, poisoning its people, bringing to them great miseries, there lies within his reach great powers, great resources that could eliminate all of these things and supply for man abundance of power, of energy, to be used for the good of all mankind at a cost of almost nothing. Earth science today realizes and knows the dangers of the powers with which they are now working. Still, they insist that these powers must be used. They have been told that there are powers, energies to be obtained that are completely safe, but they heed not. Why is this, my friends? Could it be for selfish reasons? Could it be that certain interests see their power crumbling through the introduction of certain improvements upon planet Earth? Could this be, my friends? I leave this for your decision. If people of Earth were to be told the things that have been rejected from us by the powers that be upon planet Earth, I wonder, would they believe? I fear they would not. Earth people have been lulled into a deep sleep of contentment. They are content to let someone else think for them, guide them, and as they believe, protect them. One of your poets once said, Oh, what fools we mortals be! Sometimes I wonder if perhaps he may have been right. Yet, man is free to choose, and no one can force him to choose rightly or wrongly, he will choose as he will. Now my friends, I have said enough. May the love, peace, and the understanding of the one great spirit of creation rest in the hearts of each of you this night. Monday, October 26th, 1959 peace be with each of you, my beloved friends. With your permission, I will speak with you for a few moments. Man. What is this thing called man who is given dominion over all things by his Creator? How could you define this thing called man? In your existence, or your plane of existence, we see man in a physical, chemical body, so to speak. He functions through this chemical body, controlling it and its actions through what you call a brain. But here, upon another plane of existence, we find man functioning much differently. Here he functions in what, to use your terms, you call an astral shell. Here he moves, he thinks, he carries on a life much as you do upon your plane. Yet he does not function with the chemical body, nor does he control or manipulate his astral shell through a brain as you do. He finds life is much different in some respects. He finds that thought is much more effective upon this plane. He finds that he brings into being that which he desires by merely creating a thought and promptly his thought comes into being for him. He builds his own surroundings with very little effort on his part, and these surroundings and actions will depend entirely upon his ability to think. Here he is also limited in many ways, for he finds himself among the physical beings, for he has been lost so long in his physical existence through desires that were created within him many eons back in time. He finds this desire which he has continually pushing him, so to speak, to express in the physical or chemical and, oft-times, not realizing exactly where he is. He does not take advantage of the situation that he finds himself in at that time, but rather tries to pull himself back into the physical, chemical plane of existence before his time. Oft times, this becomes quite confusing to the unenlightened ones and causes much unhappiness to the individual and oft times, through lack of understanding, much harm and much inconvenience and suffering is brought to some of those in the physical, chemical plane of existence. But to those who have somewhat a higher understanding, they are able to live a happy fruitful existence in what you call the astral planes of existence. What is man? Just what does he consist of? For as we move farther out, we find other planes of existence, other levels of life. As we pause here, we find beings of greater understanding. We find beings with greater knowledge of the universe and its functions. We find that these individuals also function in a world of thought, but they have a higher knowledge of the use of this power. They also have greater knowledge of many other powers. They have an understanding of matter to a greater degree. We find that these beings are able, through their power of thought, to control and manipulate this matter. They are able to change it to different forms to bring into being that which they desire, and to mold it into whatever suits their purpose at the time. They are able to transport themselves from place to place without the aid of a vehicle if they so desire. Yet, if they desire a vehicle in which to travel, this can also be created by thought and the manipulation of matter. Also, we find that many of these can bring themselves into your plane of existence and create for themselves a chemical body to be used temporarily as they move among you, and then again to be returned to the nothingness from which it came. What is man? How do we define this man? Shall we go higher? Shall we move from this realm where man lives in a world of thought, yet he lives a life somewhat as yours, in that he lives with his fellow man? They work together. They have their homes and their families, but yet so different. As we move on, we find ourselves surrounded by beings of such great intelligence, of such great light, that our understanding of them is not. we see nothing but light. These beings have such great knowledge and control of matter, of intelligence, of consciousness, that it is beyond our understanding. They have such great knowledge of the universe, they know its functions, they know of its creation. They understand consciousness. They are able to divide and subdivide their consciousness sending it out into many spheres and many planes, and there expressing, helping to raise the consciousness of these beings on other planets that they too might someday move into their plane of consciousness. These beings, I can only state, are pure consciousness. You ask, is this the ultimate in man? And I must answer, I do not believe so, for I understand that man reaches ever far beyond this. So, beloved friends, how would you define man? I have no definition for man, for man, shall we say, is inconceivable. At my level of understanding, I believe I would have to state it so. But man has all these potentialities, and man, sooner or later, shall return to the high states of consciousness from whence he came. We are gradually climbing step by step. As time is never-ending, so is our climb to the ultimate. Peace be with you, my friends. Peace be with you. Monday, November 9th, 1959 Greetings to you, my friends. I am Axel. A great amount of confusion seems to be present among people of Earth at this time, and this appears to be increasing. Now, my friends, why should this be? Whenever you find an awakening taking place, with great numbers of people when they have started a search en masse for truth, this condition will prevail for a time. Now this is not alarming to us, for it is a sign of growth. Out of confusion will come understanding, but for many it will not be easy for them. And the reason for this is that they have not learned to seek properly. In other words, they are attempting to reach out and grab truth from every corner and to cram it into their being. They are trying to digest faster than their digestive system is able to receive it. They are not separating. You see, understanding comes slowly, and we must allow it to become part of us, as we are able to use and prove its worth. Many are inclined to take fragments of truth and build around this a philosophy and through this attempt to gather a great following. But truth needs no proof, for truth shall prove itself. Each of your religious organizations today have followed this pattern. And this is why the separation, why your peoples are divided against themselves, each believing that he or his group of followers have the truth. Earth people must soon learn that truth and understanding are only gotten by effort and through the efforts of the individual. No teacher of truth that is a true teacher of truth will seek for pupils, nor will he expound his truth before the non-believers or attempt to sell his truth to anyone, so to speak. True masters of truth will never be found shouting or selling their wares in any manner. They wait to be sought out by the seeker of truth. And when they are found, they give in love, in understanding, and freely. They are very careful that their pupil learns as he is able to receive and understand. A true master of truth is very cautious with his pupils, for he knows that they must receive only as they can absorb and understand and use what they have to the advantage of all concerned. A great amount of the confusion that exists among truth seekers today upon planet Earth is caused by those who are selling their wares or those who have become overzealous, realizing that they have found a shred of truth. They are anxious to share it, to give it to everyone they meet, and oft times they enlarge upon their truth without knowledge of what they are doing, and thus they spread confusion. True understanding will only come through quiet meditation of these truths, meditating upon them letting them flow, that we might view them and test them and bring into our being that which brings us peace, love, and understanding. It is good to listen to the experiences and truths of others, but do not let them confuse you, for they are only the experiences of others, and your understanding will not come through the experience of another, but only through your own. But by continually pondering the experiences of others, we block experiences for ourselves. Why attempt to understand the experience of another when you cannot possibly know the reason for his experience? Being individuals as we are, we must have individual experiences. And how can we expect to understand the experience of another? when we know nothing of his soul growth. Rather, let us learn in relaxation, learn to unfold and let go of the tensions and to draw within that we might receive an understanding of our own experiences, that we might take advantage of them and benefit from them. For unless we grow by our experiences, we are not making progress so let us not condemn or criticize that which we have, but let us use it to the best advantage that we might move ever onward and forward, reaching each time another step toward our goal of perfection. I leave you by extending to you the love and understanding of my people. I am Axel. Tuesday, November 10th, 1959. Greetings to you, my beloved friends. I greet you with the love, light, and the understanding of the infinite spirit of creation. Why does man continually find that he is faced with a choice, so to speak? We find that this is true throughout creation. Man has always found that he must make a choice. You see, my beloved friends, that is why you are here, for had you not chosen to do so, this would not be. The only reason that you find yourself in this chemical, physical world of creation is because long ago, eons of time back, you chose, as did many others, to experience in the unknown. Much caution was given Great efforts were made by those of higher understanding and love as to the results of these experiences, but still, you chose to have this experience. And so, from higher and more pleasant planes of existence, many millions descended for an unknown experience. And that is why we find in existence today the worlds and worlds of life as you now see it. These things did not come about in moments or hours or years of time. Neither will man return to his original state of existence in a short time as you know it. Yet time is eternal. Time does not pass. You are merely moving through time. And so, as the dissension took place. So must the ascension, and man is climbing back on the ladder of evolvement rung by rung. If this picture at this time could be seen and understood by each of you, it would make quite an amazing story. Some have climbed the ladder of progress more rapidly than others, yet each in his or her own way is progressing step by step. The decisions that we make as we gradually climb back towards our goal are a determining factor in the speed of our progress. Nevertheless, each individual is climbing ever onward and upward, sometimes falling back for a time and then again proceeding. As we find ourselves attempting to make progress upon the wheel of incarnation, we must learn to face all situations honestly fairly, and squarely. Take each decision deep within our consciousness, and there we shall find a true answer, if we are sincere and honest in our seeking. You see, beloved friends, when the Creator breathed us forth, He endowed us with this great godlike ability to take all things into the core of our being, of our at-oneness, of our allness with creation. And when this point has been reached, all things come into balance and we see clearly. And as we see clearly, our decisions are made and things begin to happen that brings us into harmony with creation. And that, dear friends, is most important. For all creation must function in harmony if we are to have well-being, peace of mind, and harmony within ourselves. Man has allowed himself to become out of tune with creation or nature. And when man is out of tune with creation, he is out of balance and he does not function as he should. But rapidly, man of earth is beginning to glimpse the importance of these laws and he is beginning to attempt to bring himself to a point where he will strike this chord of harmony. When this has occurred with enough people upon the earth plane, a great difference will be seen in the function of earth activities. Man will find he has reached a new plane of existence, a new level of understanding, a step nearer to his creator and his perfection. I leave you now, my friends, but before I leave, I am going to pass among you and place upon the heads of each of you my special blessing. With your permission, I will proceed. It is done. May the love, light, and the understanding of the infinite creator rest in the hearts of each of you and may each of you reach unbelievable heights in your search for understanding. Peace be with you, beloved ones. Peace, love, and understanding. I go. Monday, November 30th, 1959. Peace be with thee, my friends peace be with thee. Tonight, beloved ones, a special ceremony is being held for thee. Each of thee have present with you tonight your Wizdor, plus two others who are conducting the ceremony. This ceremony is primarily being conducted for the purpose of raising the vibrations of each of you and the surroundings wherein you gather. Now, beloved friends, let each of you try to maintain an attitude of reverence and gratitude, thus opening the way for this good to enter. As I speak, the ceremony will continue. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid, for lo, the I AM is with you at all times. Why, my friends, is fear so prevalent in the hearts of Earth-man? Man of Earth has been taught to fear generation after generation, and fear has become a part of his consciousness. It is necessary for man to live beyond this fear if he is to progress, if he is to reach a state of higher understanding. Man must dig into his consciousness and root out the fears that are lurking within, and he will find that these are varied and many. Let us take these out one by one and examine them. Let us see exactly what they look like, and as we view them in love, we shall find them fading into the nothingness that they really are. Each time we find popping up within us one of these demons, let us quickly pull him into the open and examine him. You will be surprised, beloved friends, at their insignificance. Why do we fear the words of another? Let us examine closely this small demon. Let us see what he consists of. We find, as we look closely, that he is a very close associate of ego and pride. We find that ego is fighting desperately that he may not be suppressed. He desires to stand out, to be noticed. He wants so much to be. So as we view this situation, we discover that in order to eliminate this particular demon, we must suppress Mr. Ego. And as we do this, we find that this particular demon has vanished, for we discover that these words or sounds that we feared are not bringing to us harm at all, and we may even find that they have brought to us some good. So you see, beloved friends, if we will take each one of these small demons, examine it closely, and each one, I'm sure, will be discovered to have no foundation. why am I telling you this? You say, I know and realize that fear is a great problem in our civilization. But, my friends, I wonder if you realize just how much Earth-man is blocked by his fears. Think well upon this, my friends. Think well upon it. And then bring to conclusion your findings. May the peace love and understanding of the one great power rest in the hearts of each of you my peace and my blessings i am anthon monday december 21st 1959 greetings to you my friends i come with your permission for a few moments tonight. The great mass of people upon this planet, who call themselves Christians, are about to indulge in a great celebration, and according to my understanding, the theme of this celebration is, Peace Upon Earth, Goodwill Toward Mankind. Is this not so, my friends? A great deal will be said in regard to this in the next few days of your time, but I wonder just how much real thought and consideration will be given to this. As we view from our vantage point, it seems to us that the theme has been almost completely lost in the fanfare that takes place. Down through the generations that have passed since the birth of your Master, The story has been told year after year. The story as told is only partly accurate due to errors in your religious recordings, but this is not of too great an importance. Your people have accepted the story as told with very little effort having ever been put forth, even by your scientific men, to explain many of the happenings in a scientific way. Yet, if your scientists were to see a star floating in the sky, as is told in your story, your scientists of today would not accept this without scientific explanation. But in order to understand this, they would have to become more spiritual. And as they become more spiritual, they will accept and understand many of the things that are spoken of in your religious recordings. But to return to the point of our discussion, man of earth is gradually realizing the importance of peace, partially through the fear that he feels for the future, and partially because he is becoming, shall we say, filled with fear because of what he sees taking place that he knows does not go with a brotherhood of man. But in order to bring peace on earth, he is beginning to realize the change must begin with himself. He alone can bring about this change. It will not be done until man realizes within himself that he must do it. So, as we approach the season of festivity, let each of us make a great effort to establish within ourselves, within our own being, a consciousness of peace, love and of understanding and in so doing each of us will be doing our part in establishing a true at oneness a true brotherhood that will bring about upon planet earth an era of love peace and understanding among all mankind it has been my pleasure to speak with you this is the first opportunity that I have had to speak through this instrument. It has been my pleasure. I extend to you my peace and my blessings. So be it. Monday, December 28, 1959 Greetings in the light, I am Oxal. We have monitored your conversation here this evening, and found your discussion quite interesting. The story of man as you know him is quite lengthy and complicated. You have spoken at some length of experience, and how it is necessary for man to experience. And this, my friends, is true, for man cannot know without experience. I believe one of you expressed in somewhat this manner, correct me if I be wrong, that you should like to rise above the place of belief to a stage of knowing, am I correct? Group, yes. Oxel, then my friends, you must experience, for only through experience do you know I could expound for hours on my experience, but this would not bring you to knowing, for to know is to experience. Upon planet Earth are many, many teachings, religions, metaphysical teachings, occult teachings, and what have you. Among each of these you find divisions. A teacher has sprung up, teaching from his experience. Now, beloved friends, I do not mean to convey the idea that this is completely wrong, for each of your religions, your teachings, have truth. Each contains a segment of the whole, yet none that we have found have the complete truth, but each is found to be a stepping stone for those who are seeking. For as all men are at a different level of understanding, each must seek according to his understanding, to his capabilities to understand. Many people have found great help in each of these, yet he who is a true seeker, sooner or later moves on to a higher truth. He seeks new experiences that will bring him new knowing, and thus does life move ever onward But man must go a step farther in his search for truth. He must also search and desire to serve. For though man gain all knowledge and serve not, his knowledge will avail him but little. And man shall find as he seeks and serves, that he shall move ever onward and upward on the spiral of understanding. Where the spiral ends, I know not. As we have stated before, It is of such magnitude that our conception of it is only slight. Man reaches ever forward and onward, attempting to gain these experiences. There is something that I should like to touch upon, that perhaps might, for some, ease their anxiety. As man moves on through the process of evolution, he passes through many periods of experience. This life or experience, which you are now passing through upon the planet you call Earth, is a most important experience upon this path. And upon this plane are beings of a great wide variety of states of consciousness. To attempt to judge an entity by their expression in passing through this experience or series of experiences, would be most cruel. Many have passed through many lifetimes upon this planet, expressing and experiencing. Yet in their present state, they have no recollection whatsoever at what has passed, and this, beloved ones, is as it should be. For if many of the people were to look back into their past lifetimes upon this planet, they would shrink in horror. Yet these experiences were very necessary for the evolution of the individuals. For when these experiences are gathered together in a state of consciousness, where the entity is able to evaluate them properly, he will have a great knowing. The soul growth of any man cannot be determined by his expression upon this plane. Seek your experiences, beloved friends, where your inner consciousness guides you, for there will you find the experience that you need. And so I extend to you the love and the blessings from the sons of Adonai. I am Axel.